Castro. Yeah. Sun is down, freezing cold. That's how we already know when it's here. My dog will probably do it for Louis Bell. That's just all he know. He don't know nothing. Yo, what's up? And we are back here in the break room for episode 51, Sequenta y Uno. Sequenta oh. Yeah, so, uh, we know, we flipping between the screens right now. You can't really tell. But, yeah, we working with some new stuff. This is stuff we was working on, actually. Uh, we've been labbing. Yeah, we've been labbing for Got y'all, man. Got tripods in here. Got a nice little program we're trying to work with. Trying, trying to bring y'all some some nice new new age technology, you know, new content. No, nah, facts, facts, facts. So, yeah, like, bro, we know... As you can see, we're here in the studio, and we sitting down um, because of you know, I'm, I'm sore. Like, bro, I'm, my hip is tight, like, my knees swollen. <laughs> yeah, bro. Okay. Um, so yeah, man. Just in case y'all didn't know, we could ball. We actually can, like, or didn't think we could ball. We can. Oh no, no, we still got it. We still got we, it. We, we gonna pay a physical toll though. Facts, facts, facts. <laughs> bro, so uh, how, how many? Hold on, how many touchdowns did we connect for? Like. Like five? Yeah, we had five touchdowns and you and I scored them all. Yeah. So, yeah. Hold on, we scored them all. I thought, did the Travis have one? Yeah, I like that was in the second game, I believe. The, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the first game was me and you the whole time. Yeah, I had ran for two touchdowns and I caught two. Yeah. And I think I I threw you one or did Trevor throw you one? Because you, cause you caught one in the first game. But then the second game, you had like, it was just you and Trevor, yeah, just basically catching them all. And LeGarrette Blunt. No, I was about to say, the first game, I know you caught, you ran for one, you caught another one. No, I ran for two. I ran down the sideline, remember the first time, and I tiptoed my way in. And then when I hurt my knee, I scored there too. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. And then I caught two deep balls. The one that you, no, I wait. Cause I caught a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, I remember you caught a touchdown uh, early uh, on. I caught, I caught one, one touchdown, or and I passed you your other two. Yeah, yeah, because it was just yeah, it was the two. Yeah, okay. but, but I know the second game when I was sitting out refing. Okay, you, uh, yeah, you, 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 he was turned up. Hey, right. so I saw, I saw Charles uh, hit the uh, the incredible little little club rip on somebody hey, yeah, flag yeah, football yeah. and <laughs> bent around them and everything, and I'm like, man. That's pretty funny. Filthy, filthy. Hey, no, nah, hey, look, because one dude that was trying to D you up, uh, he tried to play DB with you. Bro, that, that was cute. Yeah. He literally said, I'm guarding Nevin. And I looked around, I said, who? Who? He said, me. I was like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, bro. Uh, Burn him. Bro, okay, so he popped, he, he threw his arm up in there. You know, shout out to him for trying to play some defense. He tried. He tried. But, you know, the ball went straight up. And he's, he asked me when it was over, he said, so how'd he catch the ball? I'm like, oh, you popped the ball straight up. Like, you didn't, you didn't swipe at it. You... You know. Yeah, so what happened was, from from my perspective, is when I went up for it, I saw his arm come up, and I kind of, like, just had my hand on the ball, but he hit it. So, I essentially, like, the ball, when it went up, my hands were, like, right around it, so I just basically tipped it to myself and still yeah. caught it. Because it was fourth down, bro, we had to, we was, like, we were still at the goal line, we had to get a first down, which was, like, 25 yards away and then Trey just I just said bro just just throw it out just throw it out there bro I'll get it don't worry bro cause it was like uh, was, the worst of all that dude he was counting down he's counting five Mississippi really really fast yeah 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 so yeah he threw it up and you know he ended up catching that dub bro the defense was horrible bro across across all as a Houston international church the defense in flat football has gotten improved yeah bro like I mean it was unorganized routes you had people running into each other like just trying to yeah bro it was wild but then we can't imagine everybody running just slants and just go routes yeah that's all it was just waiting for somebody to cross and like rub off somebody facts but we came with dubs we gave out 
We ended out L's though. Oh yes, yes, always. But yes, as always. As always. Per usual. You know what I mean? It's how the break room gets down, bro. <laughs> but anywho. But speaking of L's. Speaking of L's. Um I'm a little nervous about our pick, about our finals pick. I ain't even gonna hold you. Like hey, it, it's still mathematically possible, but yeah, it's not looking good. Boston's, you know, up 2-1, fresh off of a game 3, 116 to 100 victory. And the little three-headed monster that um Boston has is it's kind of nice like who would have expected Marcus Smart to come out and, you know, drop 24-7 and 5 like bro, like it's not even just that. Okay. So, I don't know if you've been seeing this. I'm going to see if you agree with me or not, but I'm feeling this team is almost looking like it's led more by JB than JT. I've, like, I've heard a lot of that conversation. Bro, he's been balling. About like, he's the early, you know, MVP, uh, MVP uh, candidate if they yeah. were to win. And JT comes out for I'm like, he shows up defensively, don't get me wrong. But offensively, he'll be quiet for one half and then he'll pop off the next half. Yeah, it's like when it matters the most, like Marcus Smart's the one out here closing. Yeah, so, you know <laughs> and what I'm J- saying? JB is another one. Really making the the bigger shots. Yeah, like he'll make the first, like he'll make the first leap into the water. Then everybody else will just follow. So I mean, you know, you know, like, but that's the way it's looking. Like I say, early MVP candidate if they do win. And I still have the words in six. I'm not ready to jump jump off that just yet. Nah, nah. Until until they lose another game, I'm I'm not jumping off. Yeah. So I mean, but I mean, the, it's looking scary, bro. It's looking scary. They were, they were down two uh, one uh, against the Cavs the first time mm-hmm. they they played and they turn around and won. So. It's not like they haven't been tried. They've literally seen it all. I know in the press conference uh, they were talking with uh, Clay Thompson, and he said, "Hey man, we've literally seen it all. We've been you know up three one and lost. We've been down two one. You know we've been up two zero. You know, and there's all sorts of things. They've been down three one and and then turn around and won before. So I'm not I'm not too worried about the the Warriors at, at this moment. But the only there's th- still some concern to be had though. The only thing I will say about that because that, all that is 100 percent true, but the Warriors haven't been in a position to where they need to rely so heavily on their bench. Like, their bench comes into play. Like, Jordan Poole has the ball. Draymond, I mean, Draymond isn't on the bench, but he's part of their three, but he has the ball, and he's been lacking the first game and the third game. He, obviously, he fouled out the game three. So, it's like, you know, it's I it's just, costing them. I just never in my life thought I'd see Otto Porter playing, you know, 20-plus minutes in the NBA Finals. Hey. <laughs> I used to He's, mess with Otto Porter Jr. tough when he uh, uh, first got into the league, bro. Mm-hmm. Him and uh, Jabari Parker, bro. I, I liked both of them, and they just never panned out. But, hey, you know, shout out to Otto Porter. You know, he had six points in 21 minutes. Good for him. I mean, he found a home, for, well, you know, in the Warriors, which I guess a lot of guys have, like just like Andrew Wiggins, um, Gary Payton Jr., and, and shout out to him for coming back off that injury, too, which I, I wasn't sure if, if he was, but... Um, but yeah, the Warriors just need a, need a lot right now, and they're also missing stuff from, like I said, guys like Draymond. Draymond is. Let me read off to you his stats really quick. Game one, Draymond played thirty eight minutes. He had four points, eleven rebounds, five assists. Okay. Now you know, and you think that okay, that's average Draymond numbers. You know what I mean? Game two. Better nine points, five rebounds, seven assists. Game thirty-five minutes. Okay, 
Game three, 35 minutes, two points, four rebounds, three assists. The, he's consistently decreasing. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's you, just, you can literally see, like, the, the downward slope in which is going on. And the, the main thing about Draymond with me is, I guess – in game one, he went 0 of 3 for at the free throw line. I guess that shot is confidence because, like, in game three, he hasn't tried at all. He didn't, didn't even try to get to the free throw line. Didn't even attempt one. But it's like, all right, game two, you you attacked a little bit more and you went 5 of 7 from the free throw line. So it's like, why not stick to that plan? Like, you had five of your nine points come at the free throw line. It's like, and when you do that, you know, defense is going to collapse. You know, you got shooters. Drive and kick, man. Like, I just feel like... He just needs to find his groove. I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if he's not eating the as much Wheaties as he normally is used Whatever, to, or not getting enough sleep. I don't know what it is, but they definitely have some things they gotta get going. Yeah, bro. Like, and then like the whole thing with now. I'm not going to say that it's so bad to, you know, go at people who come at you in the media or whatever, but you going back and forth with K, with K Perk, like on Twitter and obviously Kendrick Perkins is has something instilled with him. I don't know if it, if he has relationships with a lot of these players, like when he was still in the league or whatever, because he can get under all of their skins and they yeah. all reply, like regardless of who it is. Somebody will like K Perk, man, shut up, this and that, especially KD. Mm. And they were teammates. Yeah, that, now that's really weird. When KD came out, I remember he called him a. Uh, I don't know if he called him a coon or a fraud. He called him something along those lines. A sell, he sell, a sellout. That's what it was. He called him a sellout. I think it was something like, towards the media or something like that. And I remember K. Perk came out and said something like they were in the hotel together before and they talked about some things, just personal business, and they cried about it, things like that. And he told my for Kevin Durant to come out and call him a sellout. It's like, what? Like Katie has no room to call anybody a sellout. <laughs> Finally! Now, now we get into the real stuff. Like, exactly. Like, if I were Kevin Durant, I wouldn't say anything. He, bro, Kevin Durant sold out to the team that he was up 3-1 on and lost to. Like, no, that, yeah, nothing, it. nothing. Like Nothing else needs to be said. And so... Yeah, but, but also, not even just Draymond um, with the poor play, with the piss poor play, and it's just downward spiraling. Um, you know, granted, game one, he said he didn't feel like himself. Game two, he had his, you know, his best game of the series so far, um, you know, with his average rebounding. And, you know, he had he had good numbers with with his assists. But game three was awful, you know. and Yeah, absolutely. Also, he's a – so – for most people, you probably know that Draymond is a podcaster, right? He has his own show and things like that. So, you know, quick question. So, like, what do you think about him podcasting after games? I'm not, like, opposed to it because, like, he's going to go out there and answer, you know, game, uh, you know, post-game uh, press conferences. Oh, man, Jesus. Post-game press conferences. Yeah, yeah. He's going to go out there and have to talk with the media and stuff. So, I feel like, you know, his own podcast gives him a platform to, like, talk about what he wants to, you know, let people know about things from his side. You know, specifically, you know, he can only answer the questions that are asked. So, the other things that he can, you know, address. But, at the end of the day, when Draymond normally is in the finals going to give you, in, in, in 38 minutes, he'll give you 12, 9, and, and about six, 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 uh, six, seven assists. He'll shoot around 74% from the free throw. But this time, you know, he's, you know, he's got games of four, nine, and two points. You know, 11 boards, five boards, four boards, five assists, seven assists, three assists. When you're not playing to the same standard, you know, you can do a lot more when you're winning and mm-hmm. you can get away with it. Now, 
it's just not a good look on him. Yeah, exactly. at all because he he's been a major reason why they haven't been performing to where, the standard at which they normally do. So that's the part where I have a problem. It's like, okay, bro, like you're literally out there. Like after game one, he he did make a, a claim that oh we'll be back in game two. Don't worry, like we came out flat. That won't happen again. Well, I mean, he was right to a certain extent. They came out, you know, one game two, but game three came right back out and was worse than he was in game one. I'm with you. I'm with you on exactly what you said. So, like, you know, for us, we have our podcast. It's the Break Room Podcast. If you did not know, if you're new here, yes, this is us. So, the thing about it is, like, you know, what's the number one thing for podcasts? Consistency. You know what I mean? It ain't like he don't do his podcast after, you know, regular season games. It'd be different if he changed up like he wasn't doing his podcast after regular season games and he just started doing them in the playoffs. That'd be a little different. But he's kept up his consistency, which is cool. You know, I'm all for players like, you know, making extra money, doing things and giving us a better, you know, inside look at the league or their team, et cetera, et cetera, right? The only problem I might see with it, and, you know, it's from a coach's standpoint. Let's look at Steve Kerr. What, what's what's coach's favorite word? Distraction. Like, no distractions. No, don't be a distraction. Don't be a hindrance or anything like that. And let's say Draymond. Draymond likes to talk. He likes to go back at people. And that's, you know, that's cool if it's him. But the problem with it being a distraction, not necessarily for him, but for the younger guys on his team. You know what I mean? Then, you know, when people ask questions to Draymond, they're not just going to, well, when media asks questions, not just going to be to Draymond about Draymond. It's going to be to other players about Draymond. So you're kind of causing this this field around you that players are going to have to ask questions about you, and they probably don't know. You're grown men. You probably got your own lives. You got your own business. You know what I mean? So the thing about God and young guys, you know, and we know about this, it, it, I, I feel like this is true for every level. You have to kind of keep young guys in line, you know what I mean, and not let them be distracted by any other thing that's going on. Because, like, you've been to the finals. They have not. It's all fun and games till you know, John Moran or somebody else starts doing a podcast after games. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Then it looks Influencing the younger generation, though. Exactly. I mean, granted, I don't know if this might be a new look for the NBA. We, we'll see. We'll see. I want to be mad at it. I would, it'd be fun. It'd be great for either. us as well. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But, I mean... It's like you said, it's just a bad look from the outside looking in. Like, you're not giving yourself any kind of good look as far as, like, how people are going to perceive you, especially, like, if you lose. If you lose. And Draymond already has his antics and stuff. People don't like him for that. Yeah. And then now it's like, okay, now you're playing bad. And then now you turn around and doing a podcast after the game. It's just like, it's just not a good look for him overall. Exactly. All because they are not winning. If you are winning, you can get away with those types of things. You know the thing that I think about? As far as this instance, it makes me think about the boat the Giants went on with Odell and all of them, and then they lost the playoff game. Yeah, like, and Odell had like four or five drops. Bro, it was crazy. Like, you know what I mean? It's like it, nobody's mad at you for having fun or doing what you want to do, but then when it costs you the game. They literally could have done it a week later. But it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by now. No, it's not fun anymore. No. Not even. You have the same million. You knew you he was finna go to Lambo and lose. Come on. You know what I mean? Like, come y'all, on. Y'all, y'all couldn't have waited a week? Exactly. So, yeah, that, that's like the wildest part to me. But you want to look at Steph's stats really quick. Yeah, yeah. So I had this, um, I've been seeing a lot of like, oh, Steph, you know, in the finals just, just isn't it. You know, he, he's not the same. Well, I wanted to actually like investigate those claims. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Steph Curry, regular season Steph, right? You're going to get. Career average is 24.3, 4.6 boards, and 6.5 assists while shooting 42% from three. 90% free throw, 47 field goal percentage. You know, very efficient. Steph mm-hmm. Curry. So, like, okay, well, 
let's let, let's take a look at his final stuff. Averaging 26.9 points, 6 assists, and 5.6 boards. So, the numbers. I'm not seeing anything that's drastic. But what I think it is, mostly, is he has like 7 games under 20 points in the finals. Hmm. And it's like... Every single one of them came against the Cavs. So I think that they took those games where he didn't score 20 because he's got games of 19, 11, 18, 19, 17, and 14, and 11. Especially those 11 and 14s, those are, you know, not good at all. And it's like those days when, you know, when he scored uh, back back in 2015 in uh, game two of the um, first time they played the Cavs. He had the 19 points, but then shot 21%. 13 from three. He was 2 of 15. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, he, he was just off. All right, let's go to um, 2016 where he dropped 11 points versus the Cavs. He shot 3 of 8 from three and had shot 26% from the field. So it's like when Steph is off in, in the finals, it, he is like all-time yeah. bad for him. But then you could turn around and look. Man, he's got, you know, games – this this series, you know, he's got 34, 29, 31. All right, so, it's, you know, that's, that's pretty yeah. good. And then if you look at the Toronto series, he's got games of, you know, 34, 47, 27, 31. It's like, okay, like, he he's relatively, like, consistent as far as he's going to give you what he does in the regular season. He's just not always going to shoot the same. And mm-hmm. I just feel like I keep seeing this conversation all, all up on Twitter. So I wanted to address that, that, like, Steph Curry, at the end of the day, like in the finals, averages literally just about the same for his career average. He averages a little bit more points, a rebound, and an assist, you know, off. It's like, okay. He's still giving you Steph Curry numbers, but the defense and stuff, you know, if you want to talk about that, it's different. I feel like this series. This, he's, defense, been, he's been playing he's been defense. Yeah. So I, I wanted to get your uh, your thoughts on uh, how you've noticed Steph Curry in maybe other finals versus mm-hmm. this one specifically. Okay, so Steph, this one has been playing defense. Now, like, whether you want to say now if it's, you know, on man, you know, man defense, even his – his court business for us, like picking up steals and things like that, like that's really been great for him. Um, other finals, like pause. Let me rewind a little bit. Now let's go rewind back to the early in the season. Do you remember when they said that Steph was working on his strength and he got stronger? You remember that? Mm. Okay, so that was mentioned early on before the season started. When we talked about last season, like they didn't have Clay and how he went into that. Um, it's called the play-in tournament, but they end up losing to the Grizzlies and everything. Yep. And they were talking about how strong like Steph was in that series, and he was having he was having an MVP season until he got hurt and everything like that, and his number dropped off, et cetera, et cetera, right? But I think he's been working on like his physical frame and like just being able to play a lot stronger and keep up with some of these bigger guards because Steph doesn't have just the biggest frame of all time. He's not just the super. He's not a Russ. You know what I mean? Like, huge shoulders, things yeah, like yeah. that, and just muscled out. That's not him. But he's been working on that, and you can kind of see this paying dividends in this finals. Like he's able to kind of man up on guys, give them somebody. Now I'm not saying he's gonna bang in the paint or anything like that, like a guard, like a huge guard or anything like that. But he's been, it's been showing. But I think, uh, and one thing I want to drop off is that some of these, you know, I hate when people criticize Steph, uh, saying that he's not playing a, or he drops off in the finals because that's not true because you just pointed it out. But. This series, the one thing I have noticed about Steph and the one thing I need to see a little bit more of is him 
scoring in the fourth quarter. Because that has been very, very lackadaisical. Yeah, so the situational basketball. Yeah. yeah. I, that, that, I guess that's where like people kind of come to that conclusion and be like, oh, well, you know, I, I like I said, the one game he shot like 2 of 15 back in, uh, what was it, the 2015 or 2016. Something like, like He that, was yeah. just at some point probably just saying, all right, we, we, we're down. We got we to put him up. We got to yeah. put him up. So, yeah, I, I would like to see Steph like. He has all those clutch shots, you know. You know, the one against OKC, unfortunately, I remember, you know, the half-court one. So I was like, Oof. he doesn't have, like, that defining moment in the finals, which mm. I guess is what defers people from, like, completely acknowledging his greatness in the finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't have, you. That's a great point. He doesn't have that just that moment. You know what I mean? It always comes before the finals, like yeah. in a playoff game But at game the end of the day, like the, the product is still similar. It yeah. just doesn't have the... Um, like I said, those those marquee moments. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you on that. And uh, actually, actually, we're gonna wrap it up for that segment, man. Hey. Yeah, that brother's starving. <laughs> Follow us on the break room H O U on Twitter, the dot break room podcast on Instagram, and the break room podcast one on Facebook. Follow me three the last underscore king on Twitter, and from follow my boy Evan at Evan Schumark. Hey. I, I was waiting on you to say the TV part, but I forgot you got rid of it. S-H-U-M-A-R-D, baby. Yeah, yeah, man. So, hey. hey so, yeah, bro. Uh, y'all take it easy, man. We will see y'all in, yeah, in a quick little second, man. All right, and we are coming on back into the break room now. Just got done talking about the NBA Finals. We're still sticking with Warriors in six, so we're pretty much just depending on the Warriors to win three straight from here on out. But now we're going to go ahead and switch things over to the NFL. And, I mean, Deshaun Watson. Fighting for my life. Y'all killing me with this we, we 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 thought it was done with the trade, bro. bro. The you know two hundred plus million guaranteed. Well, now we're up to twenty four cases, and some more information has come out about uh, Mr. Watson and his massage therapist habits. So, from <laughs> the fall of twenty nineteen to the spring of twenty twenty one, habits. This man had sixty six different massage therapists. That, like in a year and a half, bro. Like you're seeing like a new one like every week almost. Bro, I and the Texans were enabling him. They were providing him with hotel rooms. They're paying for it. They're providing him with NDAs. Like this is looking a lot worse than we initially even thought it was. Which it was kind of hard to already get worse than what it was looking. Bro, so I, I got some from this article. Right, let me just read this to you really quick, okay? So, well, let me get my mic. Can't even hear me. Okay, okay. This is where it says. On Tuesday, uh, Rentis uh, cited findings from depositions of the civil lawsuits of the now Browns quarterback in which Watson faces alleging sexual assault and misconduct in them. Watson said he was given an NDA from Brent Nakara. If I'm butchering that last name, you know, excuse me, but the director of the security for the Texans, which he said he used only for massage appointments. The form was reportedly placed in Watson's locker days after Nia Smith, a message that a massage therapist who filed the 23rd lawsuit, civil lawsuit against Watson on June 1st, posted text messages and cash app receipts. 
cash. I mean, I'm not. This is not part of the article, but cash app receipts. That's the crazy part. Okay, now back to the article uh, from Watson on Instagram, which said she could really expose you in reference to the QB back in November 2020 after she quit working a at a new U spa where Watson alleged assault of Smith took place. Now that's a little excerpt from read from the article. So. And this was written by what uh, Edward uh, Sotulin, so Sotulin. Now, excuse me if I'm messing up his last name, but yeah. So, did you hear me? I, I don't even bro, know where to begin. The, bro, did, <laughs> my man's is using Cash App first off. Cash, like, bro, what? Like, <laughs> like, damn, dude. Like, it, Instagram DMs. Like, bro. So I was just looking through this New York Times article while you were uh, kind of talking there, and. Bro, I'm seeing some DMs, some text messages, like bro, like it, and, and the whole towel situation to where like he allegedly, like she was like he was like hey move up move up and then his towel came off and he just got up and allegedly just ejaculated on her. Yeah. I, I got some things I got to say about that. First off, I'm trying to put this as most G rated as possible, but I don't know how I'll be able to. But how you gonna not notice? Regardless of you know how big or small my man's is, a, a tent should be pitching. You know yeah. if, if it's. To that point where he can just get up and, or he had to be wanking it. There, I, there, there's got to be signs that you know something, something's yeah, going because it's not like you just get up and just you know. It's not an instant thing. Get the spraying, like, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah like come on. Unless unless he it is for him. At least which, that's a thing. I don't. I, I don't. Is that? Some, I mean, hey, there, I, I mean, there, I guess there are people for everything. Yeah, I, you know what I mean. I, guess, I, I, I mean, yeah. if getting your. I don't even want to get into it. This yeah. dude likes prostate massages, apparently too. So I mean, this this that that man's got all that. Yeah, but the, you know, I mean, not to get too much into law, but I don't think I don't, I don't know if there's a law for being a pervert, is it? Oh, there's got to be, right? Like, I mean, I mean, they're, 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 uh, consensual perversion. I don't even know what like because it doesn't seem like this stuff is obviously consensual. Like, I mean, like it's but, not like they're massaging him and they go rub it up on him and he's like, oh, well, hey, you know. I mean, like, yeah, okay, okay. So he's like initiating it. Like, now all this dropping is, his towel on women. Okay, so all this is like we're we're, we're just in, kind of inferring a little bit. Like this is not oh, yeah, within yeah. it. So we, I mean, I just got to put that out there. So we're just kind of inferring a little bit here. So like with with all this going on, like you said, it can't be that you just get up and you just like let loose. You know what I mean? It's not. It's, there's a I, I, you couldn't pay me to do that, yeah, bro. Like, yeah, like I don't know if I could. <laughs> like, I, 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 I can't do that off the muscle. I can't. That, like that, that's physically impossible. Yeah. So there had to be. I mean, like, bro. I, if you're massaging him, right, and you notice bro's picking up a tent, like or pitching up a tent, like you might be like, hey yo, shut up, get that handle. Can you, you know, I, yeah. I can leave and you can. You know, yeah, it's like, do you need to give me a couple minutes, like. I, I don't know. This, 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 this something is just not, not right. I don't know. So, so there's something in the air, and I, I don't want to be in the room no more. Exactly. So then, also with Brent Narka or Nakara, there we go. The director of security for the Texans. Then it said, you know, messages were left in his locker. Ooh. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, okay. At the very worst case scenario, what do you see happening? With the tech, with the Texas organization, let me say, because I already have my theory. Worst case, ooh, I have my theory. Worst case scenario for the Texans. I mean, they're gonna be smacked with like major, major fines, right? Yeah, possibly losing some draft picks. Um, man, bro, because like nothing ever like this is. I mean, there's been a lot of like sexual misconduct and mm. stuff, but. That was usually from like owners or like front office people. This is like involving a player and the front office. Like there's 
a lot tied into this. So this is like kind of a unique situation, at least that I could think of. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine, I mean, probably upwards of a million dollars in fines and okay. mid-round picks possibly being stripped. Because, I mean, this is just like complete negligence oh, on, on complete. the McNair family. Like, okay. they have to be in the know of this, too. Absolutely. Because uh, if your director of security is like, if anything's happening with your quarterback and if he's tied up with the director of security, the owners and GM, uh, they're, they're, they're knowing what's going on. Absolutely. Especially Deshaun Watson. Yeah, they're going to know exactly what he's doing. And I don't know... I don't know what the best case scenario even looks like for the Titans. I don't either. I, I have it's all bad with me. It's all bad. Like if they if they if they somehow get away with like no sanctions or anything, that's crazy. I'm going to be disgusted. <laughs> like, okay, actually, I think the best case scenario might be lo- like might be like a few loss of draft picks and a and some money. Like I think that's the best thing that could possibly. So, happen. what would you say the worst case scenario for the Texans would be? The, Do you think they'll force the McNair family to sell them? Yes. I, yes. I hope, bro. I yeah. hope that is the case, bro. The McNair families need to get up. I'm not even a Texans fan. They are just ruining that franchise. Yeah. Like, like nobody wants to play for the race's asses. Like, obviously they're negligent. They don't know how to like build it. They're trying to become the Patriots 2.0, and they've been failing at that for a decade now. So, see, okay, here's the only thing. The only thing about here's the big. Well, that's not the only thing, but the biggest problem is that the NFL has not come down on Deshaun or the Houston Texans and said anything. When they've done a lot, they've done a lot more for a lot less. You know what I'm saying? But they, oh yeah, yeah, they're still they're still investigating. But you know, Zeke, you it, know, gets uh, the, the the girl that he uh, claimed that he abused her back uh, when yeah. he got drafted. Oh well, uh, yeah, I was just making up because I was upset because you know he broke up. I mean, immediately, and so still got hit with what four or six games. Yeah, the NFL has done a lot more for a lot less, and they've also done nothing for uh, you know heinous crimes. You know, like I think I'm automatically think just. Um, Greg Hardy, and then also even with the Ray Rice situation, they suspended for like a couple games. Then when the video came out, he got suspended the entire season. No, yeah. he was done. He was and done with the NFL. And so, yeah, the NFL not, doesn't have like a like a a set rule. It's all subject, subjective. Yeah. And so that's the problem. But also with the uh, Texans organization, the reason I'm saying like I think they'll be forced to sell is because like yes, this is complete negligence by the McNair family because you pretty I'm pretty sure this goes all the way up to the top. It has to because you're dealing with Deshaun Watson who's commanding so much money and attention. Who would the director of security like report to? Exactly. That's got to be like somebody high up in the, the, the front office like a VP or the GM owners, yeah, somebody, yeah. right? But hold up, but also, this is the reason why it might not happen because I think about Dan Snyder and all his things that he's been involved in, and nothing has been done about that. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he'll never sell. And his stadium literally fell off, and almost people was crushed up on Jalen Hurts. Yes, exactly. So now that. Dan Snyder has tenure in the game. It's a little different than the McNairs. The McNairs are the the Texans are the youngest team in the league. It's the youngest franchise. I mean, so with that being said, do I think I think they'll be forced to sell because like the McNairs are not Dan Snyder. Granted, Dan Snyder has a history, a long history of negligence. Racism, uh, sexism, or anything. Just ignorance. It's just ignorance. You know what but I mean? But no, your point about Dan Snyder is, yeah, I mean. So I, do, I th- do I think they'll do something? I want to say yes. We'll see how far it goes, though. Like, if it goes to the point to where, like, things are, like, being completely exposed, like, we already have a name for the director of security. We have Deshaun, obviously. We have 24 uh, civil suits or different women. We have a number of, as to how many massage uh, massages he's received period of time. You know what I mean? But if we go so far as to, like, we get some dates 
We have some receipts. You know what I mean? We get like yeah, we got some screenshots. We got some screenshots. Like I'm trying to. Part of me wants to see like what else can what else do do they need? You know what I mean to do something. But yeah, because I mean we'll see. They've already pretty much said that it's not going criminal. So. Yeah, I, what what else are they waiting on? That might yeah, that might a great point. that might be Deshaun's only defense that is not criminal. Yeah, a lot of a lot of he say she say at this point. Yeah, but as far as the NFL, what else? Do, what more do they need? Here's what I'm thinking: they want to use Deshaun to sell tickets. One because people will show up because they love Deshaun and they think he you know he hasn't done anything wrong, or they love to hate Deshaun yep. because they think like, almost like with Mike Vick, you know what I mean? He he even he served his time in jail, but they said oh he's a dog killer whatever you know what I mean? And people will literally show up just to throw something at him. So yeah, but you know people can be you know killed in the streets and you know and hey, it's nothing and it's nothing. Huh? So. Sarcasm by but, the way. Yeah, but. Hey, we'll see. We'll see. What you think the NFL needs, like, do to do something? The NFL is just too like overpowered by like. I get the owners. You know, these are multi-billion-dollar teams, but the fact that you got people like Dan Schneider and like the McNair family, like running these organizations, like in the NBA, what happened with Donald Sterling? The first second he started he was doing some out funky immediately. stuff, immediately they. Booted him up out there so fast, man. That dude didn't know what that dude couldn't get a lawyer or put the. He was uh, done. He couldn't it get none done. put together. They're like, nah, bro, it don't even matter. There's no lawyer up. You're you're out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the NFL needs a, a new commissioner. But who? Oh yeah, Roger Goodell, bro. He's got to go. Oh yeah. But uh, I, I don't want to get too deep into that right now. He, nothing is going to change until leadership changes at the top. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm with that. I'm with that. Speaking of change. Or things remaining the same. Mm. A lot of that in the NFL. A lot of that in the NFL. Hey, and some uh, shout-out to some Caucasian wide receivers getting paid. <laughs> you know, no, nah, it was funny. So when I uh, pulled up here to the station today, uh, they were on break, and they were talking about, like, uh, white receivers. Mm-hmm. And I was walking by with a bunch of stuff, and I was like, oh, white receivers? I was like, hey, you know, I'm white. I played receiver. I was like, hey, well, what we got going on over <laughs> here? And so they were talking about, I was like, I was like, I knew it's like I wasn't even gonna mention like you know like oh Steve Largent, Jordy Nelson, you know Cooper Cup. Nah, I was just like hey yo Joe Jarvis, uh, Eric Decker. Ooh, <laughs> I was like um, uh, Kevin Curtis. When Eric Decker was solid, he was he was, he was, he was nice. a thousand yard receiver. He was yeah, nice, yeah. bro. I was so mad when I went to CMU and they gave me number eighty seven, bro, because I was like you gonna give me the ultimate white receiver number. Like, <laughs> Eric Decker, bro, wore that. Like I was like Jesus, Jordy Nelson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, Cooper Cup. Got a nice Paid. extension. He got a three-year extension, so now he'll be in Los Angeles for the next five seasons. They upped him up to a hundred and uh, up to his contract, one hundred and ten more million dollars. So now he's one of the highest-paid receivers in the league. And another receiver that's kind of falling into that Cooper Cupish mold is Hunter Renfro. Mm-hmm. Plays over there in Las Vegas for the Raiders. He got two years, $32 million to stay with the Raiders. And Hunter Renfro, 16 a year, that's a big bag. bag. And who would have thought that? Who would have thought that Hunter Renfro will be making $16 million a year? More more money than AB's made in how many seasons? Oh. Mm. (laughs) Because he he was cold at Clemson. It felt like Hunter Renfro was at Clemson for like 15 years. It did feel like that, though. (laughs) The dude, I swore he was like a ninth-year senior or whatever. But, (laughs) hey. Shout out to him. And um, I wanted to bring up an absolutely hilarious um, tweet that involved uh, both of that. So uh, there's this guy named uh, Timo Risk. He's from PFF. He is uh, PFF underscore Moo on Twitter. He's a data scientist over there at uh, Pro Football Focus. And he said, hot take. The Raiders paid 60% of what the Rams paid for the same player. <laughs> <laughs> 
sensational. So, Hilarious. tell me how you feel about that first off <laughs> between uh, Cooper Cup and Hunter Renfro. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Things circulating circulating around the Raiders is that they might make a Super Bowl appearance. Like that's how much they are on the come up on the low key. So like the fact that they made a deal like this for the low. You like that? You like that? I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah! I already think they're gonna make the playoffs. You know what I mean? But when they keep on making moves like this, it's like, okay, okay, okay. You st- quality for the low. You know what I mean? So that's always a good sign for our franchise. Uh, I think it's big. I actually want to see what, he, what he's going to do with it. Well, not just what he's going to do, what Derek Carr is going to do with all of this. Because there's already been question marks about Derek Carr and his talent, see if he's really the guy. You know what I mean? But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, so Cooper Cup now up to $26.7 million per year, making him one of the highest paid uh, just right behind uh, Devontae and Tyreek. And I want to kind of... I want to kind of dive a little, just a little bit deeper into that tweet to see, okay, is this just a hot take, you know, for, for some likes, you know, a little, little, little bit of ignorance here and there, or is this like kind of maybe something that might be slightly true, but it got a thousand likes on Twitter, you know, mm-hmm. about, about you know, 250 ish retweets. So, you know, good for him, you know, going to get a little bit of love, but so what I'm going to do right now is we're going to compare Hunter Renfro stats early on in in his career to Cooper Cup because a lot of people view them as like the same type of mold. You know, they're mm-hmm. your slot, you know, your Y type of guy, your possession guy, you know, your good route runner, your third down secure hands type of dude, right? Yeah. All right. So let's take a look at their career stats and the differences between the two. So we get so Cooper Cup. His rookie year, 62 catches, 869 yards, five touchdowns. Second year, that's when he uh, got hurt toward the ACL, only played eight games. We're going to move past that. So in 2019, he you know blew up 1,161 yards, 10 touchdowns. And then you know still missed some time, was a little dinged up in 2020, 974 yards off 92 catches, but only three tubs. And then this year, obviously the record-breaking year, you know, 145 receptions. 1,947 yards and 16 touchdowns, you know, led the NFL and the first triple crown guys since 2005. And I believe that was Steve Smith to win it. Yep. So he, you know, led the NFL and catches, touchdowns, receiving yards, and, you know, obviously the, the yards per game too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Cooper Cup has been, you know, very, very consistent. You know, essentially when he's going to be playing full time in the role that he's in now, he's going to be easily a thousand yard receiver. He'll give you around double digit touchdowns. All right. So, Hunter Renfro in his rookie year had 605 and four touchdowns. So it's like, okay, and he had 49 catches. So, you know, a little less, but still, you know, did did about the same average 12 yards a catch, you know, a little less than Cooper Cup. And his second year, you know, 56 catches, 656 yards and two touchdowns. And this year, you know, was his big year. He finally, you know, eclipsed the 100 uh, catch mark, 103, and then uh, eclipsed the 1,000-yard mark with 1,038 yards and then nine touchdowns. So... First career, he's averaging about 11 yards a catch. Cooper Cup is averaging 12.7, so a little closer to 13. It is a hot take. For sure. Is 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 Hunter Renfro worth 16 a year? Mm-hmm. A lot of forward projection goes into these contracts and stuff. So I would say... He's not too far six, off from that. Yeah. I would say 16 is, is, is healthy for him because mm-hmm. that's... Half of what his teammate Devonta Adams, who's the best receiver in the league, is making mm. right now at thirty million a year. So okay, that's cool. I'm 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 not mad at it. that's just the the new price. You know the receiver market is jacked up. So yeah, I, I, I'm I'm proud for bro. And um, 
that, 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 that take there from uh, Tim Risk from PFF, definitely a hot take. Cool. But still hilarious. T- t- takes nothing away <laughs> from the comedic, comedic value of that. Paid c- the Raiders paid 60% of what the Rams did for the same player. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm about to say, not the clearance, Rick. <laughs> but obviously Cooper Cup benefits from being in, you know, Sean McVay's system and everything. But, I mean, their production-wise, Cooper Cup has always been, you know, a little more productive. So, I mean, we'll see. Hunter Renfro is going into his fourth year. We will see. And uh, moving on to y'all's favorite segment, the last segment. Mm. Who's out, who's not? Hey, shout out to us having AC in here this time. No cap. Because last time no we cap. had none. Hey, we had none. We were leaking every, in here. Every time we usually don't have nothing. Like, it'd be hot. It's actually cool in here. Like, I'm not even, like, tripping. But, yeah, so this is what I got for who's not, man. Who, I said who's hot. I said who's hot or who's not. Anyway, who's, both. who's hot is going first. So we got Darvin Ham, right? Darvin Ham is now the new Le- uh, head coach of the Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers. Woo-woo. What's up? Cool. Um... A little bit about his background. So he played for the Pistons back in 2004. They won the championship back then. Also, the Pistons had the number two defense in the league that year. So, oh yeah, that was that was a stiff Pistons team back then. You had Rip, mm-hmm. you had Chauncey, mm-hmm. uh, Ben Wallace. So oh, yeah. yeah, they came with a squad, man. So like, um, he's talking about emphasizing defense for the Lakers, which they need, but. Um, not to be so pessimistic. Also, you know, he had comments about LeBron. He had comments about, uh, you know, the. L- so, yeah, yeah, y'all hear this phone going off, but yeah, we're going to ignore it because. We're sorry. Your call cannot be completed as dialed. But yeah, so um, he had comments about LeBron. He had comments about Russ. Russ being one of, you know, one of the greatest players we've ever seen, you know, in the league. And no, that's all true. And that's, you know, something you want from a new head coach coming in. Uh, we know we heard rumors circulating about Russ possibly being traded and all that, et cetera. But there's something I wanted to kind of point out to people is that it necessarily wasn't. Mike Vrabel that didn't want Russ in or didn't think Russ was a great player. That wasn't him. It was more so the system, like the owners. You had Rob Palenka, you had Jeannie Buss. You know, these people who kind of didn't necessarily want Russ in the game, or they thought he might have been a hindrance. So that that didn't change about the organization. The GM didn't change. The owner didn't change. Just the coach. So, you know, Darvin Ham, you know, as much as you want him to come and change the, uh, the team and get these guys going, um, you know, Sure, I want the best for him, but he's not necessarily fighting, you know, attitudes of players because I'm pretty sure they want to play better. They want to get back in the playoffs. They want to get back to that golden standard that the Lakers have always had. But he's coming in needing to change a culture and a system. You know what I mean? The, With a lot of veterans on it, so it's going to be a little harder to do It's going to be a little tougher to do that. You know what I'm saying? So, But hopefully they see the um – the bigger picture. Yeah, but so the pushback against Russ wasn't coming from the coaching position. It was coming from the front office, which is a lot harder to fight. So, you know, we wish him the best, but I need people to keep that in mind. So, because he needs to keep a job too. So, we'll see how that plays out. Hey, oh, God. Uh, also, for who's not, they're Lakers, front they're, they're the Lakers front office. They're kind of in disarray, man. They don't know exactly which way they want to go with it. Um, like I said, they got Darvin Ham to kind of emphasize some defense. Um, but at the same time, they have the same personnel, and they haven't really made any – well, actually, they made a, a few moves. But they haven't really made any heavy moves, like you're saying, like moving AD or LeBron or Russ or anything like that. So, but, Yeah, it, it just sucks for the Lakers front office that, you know, they don't want – 
Russ there, and they've kind of made that, like you said, you know, relatively apparent. Very but public. Then you get Ham going out on his uh, initial press conference, and mm-hmm. Russ is standing there, and he's like, literally, like Russ is. You seen the video? Russ mm-hmm. is there. He's like listening to him, and everything. Talk about, oh yeah, we want Russ. We gonna hold Russ accountable. We gonna do this. So it's like you have. Your, I mean, of course, like what he's supposed to say, like, oh yeah, we're gonna get rid of him. But I, that's just like puts more strain on the Lakers front office. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we'll see how they push back against it, or if they don't, or if they roll with it. We'll see if it all works out. You know, we'll see next time, next episode what's, of Dragon Ball Z. Do, like 44, 46 million next year, something like that? Yes, 44. Jeez. Something like that, yeah. So we'll see. Find out on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. Yep. <laughs> Find out next week. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you got anything for us, bro? Um, Nah, man. Hey. It's, it's good to be back here with some AC in the studio. Facts. You know, we're not doing this at midnight either. Doing this, you know, midday on a Friday in the that afternoon. That was awful. Let's nice. not do that again. Yeah, no. <laughs> Let's not do that it's again. Because I just got done calling the game and everything. I was beat. But that, no, at midnight, we came straight from... uh. Oh, that was the time Ta- before we did that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. The last guy was saying midnight was tastemakers. Like, yeah, yeah. That was. Hey, let's not do that again, dude. We did. We I had like thirteen thousand steps in like a couple hours, bro. My, ridiculous. Yeah, bro. I, I never. My legs never felt so old in my life. I, we stand up for like nine hours straight, bro. My my my, my kneecap right now swollen. I need some ice on this, John. <laughs> bro, I tried to get a hot. Like I said, I was trying to get in the hot tub. That was like a temporary fix. Like, yeah, that's said right back at it. Like I never left. Yeah. Hey, yeah, man. But this has been all for episode fifty-one. Uh, Sequenta y uno. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, man. Trilingual as always, man. So y'all take it easy, man. We'll see y'all next time. Follow us on The Breakroom, H-O-U, on Twitter, the.breakroom.podcast on Instagram, thebreakroompodcast1 on Facebook. Follow me, Charles3, the last underscore king on Twitter, and my boy Evan at Evan Schumard. So yeah, man. Y'all take it easy, man. We'll see y'all next time. Something I don't really feel But you know that